Can't get enough of Rebel Girls? Well, luckily, the Rebel Girls app is now completely free. That's right, you can listen to the entire library of goodnight stories for Rebel Girls ad-free. Plus, check out the app's cool features like activities, trivia, custom playlists, and more. All parent-trusted and kids-safe. Find out more at rebelgirls.com slash audio and download the Rebel Girls app today. Thanks for listening. Do you love time machines, musicals, and jokes? Of course you do. That's why Story Pirates creator Danny Teeger made a brand new podcast called Musical Time Machine. Who says you can't have a dance party while learning about diverse trailblazers? From Abraham Lincoln and Harriet Tubman to George Washington Carver and Thomas Edison. Search for Musical Time Machine on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts to join the fun. Hello, it's me, Tanya Infinity. And me, Gertie, the Galapagos tortoise. They're the oldest living land animal on the planet. Yep, I'm 186 years old. And I'm eight years old. Gertie also has a special time traveling show. <laughs> Fancy, huh? <laughs> Together we go back in time and learn all about history. Who knows where we'll go today? Time traveling Tanya and her best friend Gertie. Learning all about the past on a tortoise shell that moves so fast. Who knows where we will go today? Could be anywhere or any day. History is right here with us with time traveling Tanya and Gertie. Tanya, Tanya, let me in. There's a storm blowing. Hurry up, Gertie! Get inside! Whoa! Oh, it's intense out there! The meteorologist said there's a tornado watch! A tornado watch? Gah! Why aren't we panicking? Where do we go? What's a meteorologist? Calm down, everything's gonna be okay! And a meteorologist is a type of scientist who studies the atmosphere to predict and understand the weather. But we're supposed to watch for a tornado. Yes, but it's only supposed to be an F-Zero tornado. An F-Zero? What do we do? Where do we go? What should I wear? It's okay, Tanya. An F-Zero is the lowest and smallest of the tornado sizes. And if tornado of any size is coming, the meteorologist will tell us, so we'll know to go in the basement for safety. I don't know. Why don't we go meet the first scientist to study tornadoes? He can explain to you that we're safe. Okay, the sooner the better. Don't worry, you're in good hands. Hands? I thought tortoises had claws. You know what I mean. Now hop on my shell and buckle up tight. We're going to North Dakota in the year 1957. If I had a hat, I'd be holding on to it. Let's go! Welcome to the city of Fargo. Whoa, this place is a mess. It looks like the last time I had a slumber party. I thought this was a city. Where are all the houses? Just one day ago, what's called a cyclical supercell thunderstorm the most intense tornado outbreak to ever happen, touched down here. Oh no, I'm guessing it was more than an F-Zero tornado. Well, here in 1957, the tools to figure out the size and strength of tornadoes hasn't been invented yet. True, but some military radars have been able to measure it. 
They discovered the top of the thunderstorm was between 65,000 to 75,000 feet wide. Debris or trash from the Fargo storm will be found as far as 54 miles away. Whoa! Tanya, meet my friend Tatsuya Theodore, or Ted Fujita. He's the scientist who will eventually be known as Mr. Tornado. How do I know you're a real scientist and not actually a tornado disguised as a scientist? Um, because I can hold the pen and clipboard like this? All right, you passed. Nice to meet you, Mr. Tornado. Ted was born in 1920 in what is known as the city of Kirikushu in Japan. As a teenager, I was always fascinated by storms. So he became a scientist and taught at the Kyushu Institute of Technology. But in 1945, during World War II, a U.S. plane dropped the first atomic bomb in the city of Nagasaki, which was near my home. Oh, no! That sounds... Not so good. It was absolutely horrible. The explosion killed more than 50,000 people. And because they knew I studied storms, the Japanese authorities asked me to study bombing wreckage. Studying the damage caused by the nuclear explosions helped Ted understand what are called downbursts and microbursts. That's when bursts of wind hit the Earth's surface and spread out. They can cause a lot of damage. This helped him learn about the different parts of storms and how they form. Then, in 1947, I spent hours inside a tiny weather shack on a mountain in southern Japan. Ooh, a nice little getaway. Where I was surrounded by lightning and 50 miles per hour winds. Except the whole lightning and 50 miles per hour wind part, yikes. I took very detailed measurements of the wind direction, speed, the temperature, and air pressure. Then I combined the data with other local weather stations. Data is information we collect. You see, humans need to sort and organize data so they can better understand things. Tortoises don't collect data? Why, well, I, I suppose tortoises do collect data. <laughs> the point is, Ted did this with a specific goal in mind. I wanted to take all the complicated parts of a storm and turn it into a weather map. With his map, Ted was able to show the directions that the wind moved and high and low pressure fronts. Better than high and low pressure backs. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. Here, let me make it more simple. You know how sometimes you get really excited or hyper? Like the time I ate an entire box of sugar cereal and then bounced off the walls for an hour? <laughs> exactly. Well, that's what happens to the parts or the molecules in the air. They get super excited and combined with gravity. That's what pulls us towards the Earth and keeps us from floating away. That's right. The gravity causes those air molecules to have weight and they put the pressure on everything they touch. That's what is called... Air pressure? <gasps> this one is smart! Don't I know it. <laughs> I know it too. By measuring how much air pressure there is, we can start to predict the weather. The map Ted made in that little shack was much more detailed and gave a much better picture than any other maps did at the time. But nobody was interested in my findings or my maps. That would eventually change. One day, after a scientific presentation at the U.S. Air Force Base, an employee from Japan's Weather Service found a paper written about thunderstorms. 
It was in a trash can. Carelessly tossed in the garbage without a drop of appreciation. And this one is dramatic, too. Uh, don't I also know that? That paper in the trash turned out to be great luck for me. It was written by a professor at the University of Chicago. Professor Horse Byers had come to very similar conclusions about how storms acted as Ted did. Only Professor Byers had a lot more resources available to him. So I took my own studies and translated them into English, even though at the time I only spoke Japanese. It took me years. Wow, you really like to study and do homework, don't you? Ted finally sent his translated study of the storm from the shack to the professor. He was so impressed with me. In 1953, he invited me to join him at the University of Chicago. He was especially interested that I discovered cold air downdrafts. Is that like the air pressure thing we were talking about earlier? That's right! As air gets cooler, the molecules come closer together. Like how when I'm cold and I want to cuddle up with Gertie? Yep. And because the air is cuddled together, as you put it, it becomes heavier and spreads out at the ground. This is important to know because it's part of how storms form. And so you went to Chicago? I love my home country, but I needed more resource and support. I wanted to study in the United States. There he worked closely with Professor Byers. He became like a father to me, teaching me everything he knew and supporting me as I tested and studied the weather. And now I've been asked to study this storm. It's called the Super Outbreak of 1957. Ted will be the first person to really study tornadoes. Up until now, tornadoes are just deadly misunderstood phenomenons. Come on, let's go to that now empty field. I have a lot of discovering to do. Hmm, this rain of debris is approximately how long? Here, hold this tape measure, would you? Sure. And over here, it looks like... Ted's approach to science is so precise, people compare him to Sherlock Holmes because he treats the damage like a crime scene. Must be hard taking a storm's fingerprints since technically they don't have fingers. Actually, if you think about it, each storm is kind of like a fingerprint because they each leave their own unique damage. Ted will walk through miles of fields and towns that the tornado has gone through, carefully measuring the damage and taking lots of pictures. So I can recreate what happened and understand it better. Later, he'll do the same from an airplane to see the path the tornado took. This tornado event will be photographed and filmed more than any other tornado. Actually, there were multiple tornadoes in this outbreak. There were over 148 of them in just two days. They covered 13 states. Many people had their entire homes destroyed and thousands of people died. That's why it's not just called a regular outbreak, but a super outbreak. Ted will take all the data he's gathering and interview the public about what they experienced. Then he'll write a groundbreaking paper detailing the event. Why would you break the ground? The tornado already did a pretty good job of that, if you ask me. <laughs> no! <laughs> groundbreaking means something is brand new and important. He'll introduce a lot of the tornado-related technology or special phrases we still use today. Cool! Groundbreaking! Have you ever heard of an F1 or F5 tornado? I sure have! Ted, or Mr. Tornado as reporters begin to call him now, will come up with the F scale. 
It's so we can know how big or small a tornado is. What did they name tornadoes before your F scale? Bad, really bad, oh no, that's not good, and ah, run! Huh, I guess they just don't name them. <laughs> I'll call the smallest tornadoes F0. Even with those, winds can be as fast as 40 to 72 miles per hour, as fast as a car drives. But an F0 only leaves light damage. My scale will go all the way up to F5, with winds of 261 to 318 miles an hour. That might be even faster than you can travel, Gertie. So how big was this tornado here in Fargo on the F scale? I'd say this was definitely an F5 tornado. Whoa, 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 whoa! That's five woes for the five Fs. Hmm. Well, this is interesting. Ooh, look! Mr. Tornado is having another Sherlock Holmes moment. The markings in this field are odd. Maybe tornadoes aren't just one thing. Maybe they have lots of smaller vortexes, or twists, that circle around. It could explain why a tornado might completely wipe one house out, but leave the one next door untouched. It's not just because the tornado likes some houses more than others? Nope. At least, I don't think so. I have a lot more research studying and taking notes to do. He really is like Sherlock Holmes. Ted will continue to notice the same pattern of damage to poles and trees. Some were left standing while others are broken off in giant starburst patterns. It's the same thing he'll later see at the site of an airplane crash. Which will help lead me to discovering something called a downburst phenomenon that keeps making airplanes crash. It's like they just drop out of the sky. Several years from now, Mr. Tornado will be called in to put on his detective hat after there was a plane crash in New York. He'll review radar images, flight record, and interview the pilots. I suspect that a sudden, even small gust of wind from a storm can take the lift right out of the wings of the plane. If it's small enough, the weather monitors wouldn't even pick it up. But it could still create a lot of damage to the plane. But first, I need to learn and understand more of this tornado stuff. Then I can go on to help the airline industry. Because of his future discoveries of how weather affects airplanes, Mr. Tornado will save hundreds of thousands of lives. Even though at first, other meteorologists won't believe his theory. Sheesh, I think the man knows what he's talking about. Don't you worry, I won't back down an inch. People shouldn't be afraid to propose ideas. You don't want to be so scared that you don't propose something you believe in. Thanks to these fearless ideas, the airlines will begin requiring pilots to have special training based on Mr. Tornado's discoveries. In fact, since 1994, there hasn't been another microburst-related crash for any airplane. Gertie, you should think about taking some of those training courses. I'd hate for you to deal with downbursts the next time we're time traveling. Good idea, Tanya. Well, Mr. Tornado, I don't want to get in the way of your very important discovering. We should get back to the now. Besides, the tornado watch in our neighborhood is only an F-Zero, so I'm not so scared anymore. Another good idea, Tanya. Okay, hop back on my shell and buckle up. Bye, Mr. Tornado. Enjoy watching all those tornadoes. Actually, I have never seen one in person. What? But don't worry. I won't give up on that either. Bye, Tonya. Bye, Gertie. Thanks again for taking me to meet Mr. Tornado. He was 
right. The F-Zero storm passed with no damage. You're very welcome, Tanya. Wait, I just figured out what the F and the F scale is named for. Yeah? Because Mr. Tornado's real last name is Fujita. That starts with the letter F. Yeah, <laughs> how'd you figure that out? Elementary, my dear Gertie, elementary. <laughs> nice Sherlock Holmes reference. Mr. Tornado's F scale is still used today, though now it's called the Enhanced Fujita Scale because scientists have learned new things about tornado damage. Ted Fujita stayed at the University of Chicago until he retired in 1990. In 27 years, he flew out over more than 300 tornado sites to view and take pictures of the outcome. He shaped the field of meteorology and saved hundreds of thousands of lives by changing airline safety. Every time there was a nearby thunderstorm, he would race to the top of the building to try to see a tornado forming. Finally, in 1982, his dream came true on the way to a field trip at Denver International Airport. And that night, he and his students had a party to celebrate his first tornado sighting. As another scientist who worked with him said, he was so much more than Mr. Tornado. He had a way to beautifully organize observations that would speak the truth of the phenomenon he was studying. He taught people how to think about these storms in a creative way that gets the storm and its behavior. He has so many legacies. Go kid, go! Do you like to laugh? Ah, who am I kidding? Who doesn't like to laugh? So, okay, if you love to laugh, you'll love Don't Break the Rules. It's a hilarious comedy improv podcast where the voice actors make up their lines on the spot and try to be the only actor who doesn't break the rules. These talented actors are great at coming up with silly scenes and stories when they follow the rules for the episode. And it gets even sillier when they accidentally break the rules. The stories are guided by suggestions from kids like you, and the episodes feature laughs, burps, and the occasional unicorn. So if you'd like to giggle and play along, be sure to listen to Don't Break the Rules wherever you listen to podcasts. Podcasts.